Thalia, thank you so much for joining me on the Animal Rescue Podcast. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you for reaching out. I'm really excited. Yeah. Now you are with California Bully Rescue. Correct. How long have you been with them? A couple of months. Okay. Okay. So very recent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The transition happened in June. Before me, it was Megan Murphy and she was with the rescue from its uh, conception uh, two years ago now. Okay. Very cool. So now tell me a little bit about California Bully Rescue. How did it get started? So Megan Murphy started off um, volunteering at different shelters and seeing what it was like there. And uh, there was a, a lot of things that she didn't like about it. And so she lives by the saying, if you can't, if you don't like the way it's being done, do it yourself. And so she did it herself. So she, um, she alongside um, the foster coordinator who we still have at the rescue, Trisha Joyce, they, uh, and a couple of other people, of course, they got together and started forming California Bully Rescue and that was its conception. Um, so, a but a couple of months ago, um, Megan got really busy and really burnt out with life. She started her master's, she's got a five-year-old. And so she was actually ready to dissolve the entire rescue. Um, and so, that's where uh, I offered to step in and here we are. Yeah. So had you been super involved with the rescue before that? Um, I was involved with California Bully Rescue. I had fostered for them temporarily once, but for the most part, not, not before California Bully Rescue. Okay. That's, that's really fun, actually, just kind of jumping in and yeah, I've always wanted to be part of a rescue and I've always wanted to start my own. Um, I've got an English bulldog and I got him in college and I was not ready at all whatsoever. Yeah. Um, my boyfriend and I were talking and it was either I wanted a husky. That was my dream dog way back when. And he wanted an English bulldog. We were apartment living in college and we were like, oh, English bulldog would be perfect. Granted, mine is not a couch potato. He's an absolute psycho. So <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and after that, I was sold. Um, no more any other breed. I don't think I could do any other breed besides bullies at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know. We adopted a pocket pity, what, going on three years ago? Okay. And seriously, I, I, I can't imagine adopting any other breed like they're, they just, I hate the stigma that surrounds them because they are so sweet and she especially has so much personality. It's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. Their personality, their, you know, their companionship, but I think a lot of the struggle is the structure that they need. Um, <laughs> so that that's usually the, the pitfall there, right? Where people, you know, kind of struggle with the breed. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the structure they need? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, a lot of, so pit bulls naturally driven um, have, have, sorry, trying to talk here. Um, pit bulls naturally have high prey drive for the most part, but they're also, you know, um, if we look back at their history in regards to what they were bred for, right, they were bred to be fighting dogs. And so because of that, they need structure. They need a strong leader who they can follow. Otherwise they'll take the position themselves and start to lead and follow themselves. Um, uh, so that develops into a lot of behaviors that you don't typically want in terms of aggression. And um, a lot of people who they see these dogs and they're like, oh, I want him to guard me. Uh, but what if they're guarding you for the wrong person? Then what do you do? So making sure to establish yourself as the leader and of your pack, right? Um, and trying to maintain that, understanding that 
affection is a reward. It's not just given freely. It has to be given for a purpose. And if the dog doesn't want affection, also respecting that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So can you talk a little bit about the work that California Bully Rescue does? Um, I know you guys do a lot of advocacy, but do you do any, you know, policy making legislation, things like that? So that was a conversation we had to have recently. We have decided against being a part of legislation just because we, with the amount of dogs that are in need these days, especially with the shelters and the rescues and stuff, we were a little too worried about spreading ourselves thin in regards to what we're focusing on. So um, not just that, but none of us really have any experience being involved with legislation and the processes, what you should or should not say, and especially in the legal aspects with the government, um, with our 501c3 and all that stuff. We were just, we just weren't really well informed enough to say, yes, let's do this. We'd rather, at the current time at least, focus on the dogs with the crisis that we've got going on, especially here in California. But maybe one day we'd like to change that. Yeah. So what work do you do in the community to advocate for bullies? A lot of education. We have also worked, we're currently working to partner with um, some trainers to create training courses and stuff like that available at discount where proceeds also come to the rescue. Um, So some of our favorites are Primal Canine in San Jose um, or Royal Canine down in your Belinda, so it's Southern California. So those are, uh, those are some of our favorites that we partner with, especially for the behavioral cases that we pull from shelters. And um, we're currently working on some things that we can provide to the community there as well. Yeah, I've interviewed Mo, so I know I see every once in a while there's posts on different dogs that from California Bully Rescue, so that's very cool. Absolutely, yeah, Mo is actually one of our board members now as well. Oh, very cool, that's so exciting. Yes, absolutely, love her, I love, love her work, I highly yes. recommend. Yes, full circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so when it comes to rescuing these bullies, do you Is it owner surrenders? Is it pulling from shelters? Um, It's both. However, we try to prioritize pulling from shelters so that way dogs don't, you know, be euthanized. Um, However, there are certain instances where depending on the fosters that we have available, a lot of fosters, for example, that live in apartments or townhouses with HOA, they have breed restrictions. So we can't really do pit bulls and stuff like that. Um, Typically bulldogs, you will see them in shelters, but not as much as you will see pit bulls. And so most of those tend to be owner surrenders. Um, We actually have two, Bluebell and Chunk, that we just took in, both available for adoption, um, but they were both owner surrenders. So it really depends on the fosters that we have available, what limitations they have, um, and also trying to save as many as we can. Yeah. How big is your foster network? Um, so pre-COVID, we, we had a pretty decent size from NorCal to SoCal, like more than 10 for sure. Um, you know, it, it just depended on the time, of course. Yeah. But post-COVID, we are very, very limited. We A lot of our long-term fosters have become short-term. Um, and a lot of, um, you know, just any fosters in general have had to stop because of work requirements or travel and stuff like that now. So it's been a huge, huge struggle. We are constantly looking for fosters. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of the issue every shelter and rescue is having right now. You know, pre-COVID, there were so many more fosters willing to step up, but post-COVID, it's, there's just been this weird shift. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's the same with the dogs in the shelters, right? Before everybody bought a puppy, everybody adopted a dog. And now post COVID, we're seeing all of these dogs returned, more dogs found on the street. Um, you know, I volunteered with Stanislaus Animal Shelter yesterday, and they got um, a dog that they said the owner just left her at the front door and that was it. No, no intake. They weren't open, but you know, people are desperate in these times. And so I, that's part of the education uh, we work to inform people on is realizing that dogs are a commitment, you know, as much as anything else, not just something for you to have while you have time and then give up on later when it gets difficult, you know? Yeah. Are there any other programs that you guys operate? I mean, obviously fostering and adopting, but do you guys do anything else along with that? What do you mean? So like you, you talk about education. Um, are there different things like a food pantry or um, different ways to keep animals in the home to kind of prevent surrenders? Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so not at this current time, because we were going to be completely dissolved literally just a few months ago. Um, a lot of the stuff that we had before and connections, we've kind of let fall through the cracks the previous months leading up to the anticipated dissolve, uh, dissolving of the rescue. So now that we're back up and running, our main priority is trying to get our fosters and systems and stuff up and running. So we've started utilizing like a software instead of like memory and Google Drive and stuff like that. Um, and then we also onboarded a lot of new volunteers who are amazing and helping us with everything. So that's been our focus, but we definitely hope to start reaching out to doing these things. Um, one of the main things that we do try to push for, of course, is insurance. And for a lot of people that don't, um, that have to move, and that's part of their reasoning for not being able to keep the dog, we are working on a partnership with CertiPet. So that way there's uh, emotional service animals and stuff like that, that people understand uh, more often than not that they don't have that option. Um, yeah. And so trying to make that a more known about things so that way these dogs don't have to be rehomed. Yeah. Now you just mentioned insurance and for whatever reason, lately I've been seeing more related to insurance and pets, um, like especially homeowners or renters insurance and what animals they cover and what animals they yeah. don't. Um, I have never really run into that. I mean, Every once in a while before you would hear, you know, the German shepherds are really hard to get renters or homeowners for. And now I'm seeing a lot more with bullies. Yep, absolutely. So um, one of our questions that we ask in our adoption applications is what is your homeowner's insurance and are you aware of breed restrictions? Um, so of course that doesn't stop people from having to adopt. It's just something we highly recommend people keep in mind when they do adopt. Um, and majority of insurances do not cover pit bulls. English bulldogs and stuff like that, sure. Um, no, you know, relatively easy. I think when it comes to a bulldog, your biggest issue is health insurance. Yeah. Um, but um, with the pit bulls and homeowners insurance, it's definitely difficult. The only two that we know of that cover is USAA and I think State Farm. Okay, yeah. I feel like I've seen a lot of people say, yeah, State Farm we've had them for the longest time and we'll never get rid of them because they don't yep. discriminate breeds. Yeah. But all of the others, even my own, uh, my own renter's insurance lemonade, they don't cover pit bulls. So I've got a bulldog, but um, so uh, there's a lot, there's a lot um, nationwide um, progressive stuff like that. They don't cover. Unfortunately. Yeah. That is unfortunate because it's, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it. Yeah, I don't. I we don't need to get started on that one, but I don't get it either. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole other rabbit hole. Yes, exactly. Now, how can people get involved to help California Bully Rescue? I mean, especially, I mean, in California, but then if you're not in California, how can you get involved? Um, yeah, so we have a lot of volunteer positions that we um, that we look to fill, even if they are remote. So like social media, for example, we could always use assistance there, especially from people that are experienced or, um, you know, medical coordinating is usually a phone call and stuff like that, you know, and so there's a lot of different positions that are um, remote, as long as you can help, then we definitely appreciate it. Um, social media, content creation, um, you know, organizing files, helping us coordinate supplies, buying supplies, stuff like that. So there's a lot of options to help. Yeah. And you guys are purely donation foster based. Correct. Yeah. For, for the time being, we are hoping to start doing like maybe some grants and stuff like that, but we all, we fundraise and we're completely donation based right now. Okay. Do you have any upcoming fundraisers? Yeah, we do actually. So next weekend, no, this weekend, sorry. Um, (laughs) This Saturday, we are hosting Pets and Poses in San Jose, California. Um, And that we had two amazing photographers offer their time. And it's 15 minute photography sessions for $40. And all of the pictures that they're able to get within those 15 minutes get edited and then sent to the their correct families later on to have. Um, so we'll, we'll be participating in that. And then next weekend, also in San Jose, California, there is a tattoo chance to win. So um, a tattoo shop is offering a, a palm-sized tattoo and you go in and you get a, you enter in for a chance to win it. Um, very cool. Yeah, it's very exciting. We've got some big support. Um, we have a couple of other events coming up, but we don't have dates set for them yet. So. Okay. And so if people want to keep an eye out for those, where can they find that information? They can find that information on our Instagram, which is at California Bully Rescue, or they can sign up for our newsletter and we send that out every first of the month and that'll have a list of the events and stuff that are coming up. So um, you can find that at CaliforniaCABullyRescue.org. And if you scroll all the way down, there's gonna be a sign up for our newsletter option there. Okay, very cool. I love this. I love the both of those events that are coming up. I wish I was in California because that would be so much fun. <laughs> Where are you? Alabama. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Got it. Yes. Yes. So um, a little far to participate in those, but I will be keeping an eye out for future events that might be a little bit more remote that I could participate in, or at least just help spread the word. Yes, absolutely. Um, we're so California here considers raffles as gambling. So I need to have the proper paperwork done. But once I have that done, um, I hope that we'll be able to start doing some raffles and stuff like that. Um, We recently had somebody host an auction in our honor, which was amazing. Um, And so we'll probably be doing some more online stuff like that to come. Yeah, very cool. I would not have thought of raffles as being considered gambling. No idea. Yeah. I I mean, I suppose, you know, it's a chance event, but... I have no idea. Yeah. You would think if it's for a, a charity, it would apply differently, but eh. Yeah, it could also be a California thing. We're a little weird over here. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama kind of is too. 
but I think everyone can say that about where they're from right yeah there's definitely quirks to different like demographics even here northern California can be somewhat different from southern so absolutely yeah yeah is there anything that you really want to talk about that I haven't asked you about yet I think one of the most important portions when it comes to rescuing these dogs is, you know, the fosters that come up. And I know that we talked about it a little bit, but sometimes I, I feel like a lot of people don't really understand what fostering is, every, especially because every organization does it differently. Um, so for us here at California Bully Rescue, we cover the cost of everything for the dogs. Um, and so I, I know that some rescues don't do the same thing, but um, we do try to alleviate that because fosters are putting in their time, the TLC and the love and the care and everything, right, for these dogs. So um, I think that's that's just one thing I want to press upon because we are in desperate need of fosters. So uh, if anybody hearing this wants to foster, please just keep in mind that you don't have, the, none of the cost comes out of your pocket. It's just your time and your love that we need. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate this. I always love learning about different rescues and what they're doing to kind of help keep animals in the home and, you know, have some good education and advocacy out there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no problem.